Welcome to another day with Jesus. Here, a desire is to help you walk with Jesus, learn from his word and receive from his spirit. And now, here's a special podcast for you. Greetings to you in Jesus' precious name. Welcome to this Saturday morning's uh, special podcast edition. And like we generally do on Saturdays, we're going to have an amazing conversation with a dear man of God that I got to meet. I'm not going to give you his complete name or organization name because he wants to remain hidden and he wants to be in the shadows, but yet working for the Lord. And the Lord has been using him really powerfully, uh, not just in India, but around the countries of the world. World and it's such an amazing privilege for us to have him with us on this podcast. We, we, we're going to call him Pastor Ben uh, just for reference. And Pastor Ben, thank you so much for agreeing to do doing this podcast. Would you just say hello to our listeners? It's an honor for me and uh, greetings to all my brothers and sisters who are listening to this because I know the Lord wants you to hear this. Amen, amen. I, I agree to that, Pastor, because whatever you were sharing with me right now in this last few minutes of our conversations, it was very inspiring to me personally. And that's why I said, hey, we should we should make a podcast out of this and we should have more leaders, not just leaders, but everyday believers listen to this. You know, it's not just about the pastors and the leaders, but the everyday believers have to become uh, who God has called them to be. To, to start with, my first question would be, Pastor, how do you define church? What do you what do you say is church? You know, what is the biblical and the right definition of church? And, and what has it become today, you know, in the light of what it has become today? What was it supposed to be, uh, church? You know, I loved when someone said that the church is a hospital for sinners and not a museum for saints. Because the church is a group of people who don't just come and meet once a week, but they do life together. They are the body and they are the body of Christ and why because the body does what the head tells them to do and very rightfully the word of God says that Christ is the head of the church and we the body wherever we are as the church are supposed to be carrying out what our head wants but having said that one of the major uh, definition I give of a church is on five fingers and if you take out your five fingers and start counting with me how you define church and how a church grows or what we have seen over the years that it has multiplied beyond our imagination the first thing if you take up your thumb you say the church begins with a vision any church does not begin with a competition or because pastors had nothing better to do so they started a church no it is not an employment uh, avenue for people church starts for a vision and the vision is found in john 3:16 he said none should perish that's why the church is there that the lost will be found hope will be given healing will be distributed by the power of the spirit now the first thing is the first thumb you can lift up is the church starts with the vision 
take out the second first finger which makes it two there are two tracks the church runs on any train you know can run on one one line it has two lines it is the word of god it is the holy spirit sometimes people want to do one or the either sometimes people have too much of the word of god people will dry up too much of the holy spirit they will blow up so the the, the whole setting to keep it in a balance the three offices in the church and that i'm not taking you back to a mainline mindset i'm taking you to a mindset of a church where there is an overseer now you could call it pastor or somebody is doing the word who's keeping care of the flock and with him he needs because everybody needs a helper there is an elder now elder i'm not saying it is by age that you have to be 60 plus to be in that category elder is a person who genuinely loves passionate about counseling people passionate about visiting people praying right. with people praying for people right. walking with people right. through different things that's an elder mm-hmm. and the third thing is a logistical person mm-hmm. now and when i first started i started in the villages right. in the village the logistic person was who a guy is putting down the mats or getting this puff rice moody yeah. or getting the tea and saying hey let's start let's start that was the logistical guy for us which in our organized sector they call it general secretary but i'm not talking about these i'm saying three people who are involved with some of the logistical act, things of the church then four thing you take out the four fingers it is what is what do would you call maturity in the church how do we evaluate maturity a church is a mature church when it is self governing when it is self supporting when it is self reproducing and when it is self feeding these are four aspects when you know whether a church has matured or not actually anybody who's listening even you go to your church just look at these signs it's a very simple thing it is self governing self supporting then you have self reproducing because if anything which is alive will reproduce If a church is alive it will reproduce if a cow is alive it reproduces dog is alive it reproduces everything which is living will reproduce if a church is not reproducing for a long time please go and check yourself in front of the mirror because something has gone wrong somewhere really or you are on a treadmill running panting sweating exhausted but you're not going anywhere <laughs> you're going nowhere so you see sometimes we are on a treadmill of a church all right the fourth thing is self feeding if these four things are not there self governing self supporting self reproducing self feeding these are the marks of the maturity of a church then what are the five important activities of the church if this is not present you could be meeting in a cathedral and you're not a church you could be meeting in the best building this world can offer you not a church or you could be doing all these five things and meeting under a tree and you are the glorious bride of christ so you know that is the aspect what are the five things you take your five fingers out it is worship fellowship ministry evangelism teaching the five things worship love your god with all your heart comes from the great commandment commandment worship fellowship fellowship is with each other and ministry to the lost ministry to each other is fellowship when you call ministry then what is the church doing for those who are not there because the church is the only institution mind you that exists for its non members the only institution 
because let us let us actually look deep into ourselves because the main business of the church is plundering hell to populate heaven there is no business if that is not a business then what are we doing really i tell you so you have the first three things of the church important things that the church needs to do is comes from the great commandment and the last two you must have guessed it all those who are listening evangelism and teaching comes from where great commission so the great commandment and the great commission together is the definition of what the church should do so it's worship fellowship ministry evangelism and teaching so this is it could be evangelism or you could call it proclamation in whatever form you are doing it you are getting the gospel which is the power of god unto salvation out to those people so this is what according to me definitely slightly long i'm sorry but yes, yeah uh, that's that's perfectly fine but you know that was a very exhaustive list and thank you for sharing that uh, you did mention the importance of teaching and evangelism and teaching you know how it has to go hand in hand the bible speaks about go and make disciples and it speaks about go and preach the gospel both of it has to go hand in hand now what what we have experienced back home in our churches we have there has been there has been times when we have a surge in evangelism and there are times when we have uh, you know personal discipleship but we've many times when we have uh, struggled in balancing the both now if i have to ask you pastor ben about uh, what is what do you think is keys in in uh, discipleship especially in discipleship you know, because i know that without discipleship the church cannot multiply or it cannot grow you know it cannot uh, it might grow because of evangelism but it cannot have uh, explosive growth it cannot have multiplication and without discipleship so what are some of the keys by which we can uh, do uh, make disciples on a practical basis not just in the church but even outside the church somebody said this of course i let me tell you who said this william carrier said this he said the work of evangelism is not over till the evangelized becomes evangelizers the work of evangelism is not over and thereby gives you a very simple description of a disciple now when you say discipleship and you're using all these words and all these um, amazing material and you just hit google my goodness you'll get 250 300 materials or how to but you know what you don't finish a material and take out a it's not a cookie cutter you see because everybody is with a different personality everybody has a different challenge everybody has a different gifting everybody has has been called to do different things how do you do that you know that's why disciple who can do discipleship somebody who's a disciple who is a disciple somebody who's already investing in somebody else you cannot be a disciple without actually having a great desire to to give out what you have that whole 222 principle you know we call it the 222 principle 2 timothy chapter 2 verse 2 what you've got give it to faithful men what you've got give it to faithful men you know so that is the whole who, who is a disciple we used to say god is looking for fat people faithful available teachable you know there's a whole whole setting of fat people 
faithful available teachable when somebody is that he will also look for somebody else who will give out because discipleship mind you is life on life when you're doing life with somebody discipleship is happening that is not when you're preaching or teaching out from the front it's when you're having tea when you're sitting down on the grass and enjoying a lovely evening and speaking about god's word people take in more i do discipleship most of the time on the street most of my discipleship is on the street to make a huge multiplication that we have seen in the last few years has come out about ordinary people that's why i call it ordinary people in the hands of an extraordinary god who loves to do extraordinary things with ordinary people and i just love this thought where brothers and sisters who are watching god has chosen you pour into somebody you know something that somebody else does not know you know the day you are discouraged the day you are not saying hallelujah uh, very early in the morning get up start telling about what you know about jesus with somebody your life will change your mindset will change your inner atmosphere and environment spiritual environment within you and around you will change in a jiffy i tell you it is just a mind blowing mind blowing situation of what we know you will be amazed at what we, you know when you start pouring on somebody into somebody and so that's why discipleship is all about that all we say everybody needs a paul you're learning from somebody everybody needs a timothy you need to have a timothy because that's the mark of accountability you have a paul you have a timothy and that's how you do discipleship you're learning from somebody giving out learning because don't get to a point when you say when i know everything that i'm going to say by the time you know everything you will not want to tell anybody so to start today what you do and then you do that and you know sometimes people say oh in the church there is no disciple nobody wants to listen to me but you know outside there are people to listen to you that's what we say every day every week and i challenge you all those who are listening please if you could do this your life is going to change as i've seen tons of people whose lives are changed write down your testimony story in three points three points very easy in three minutes first point how you were before christ second how you found christ third how you're living with him today three point many people don't know how to give a testimony they stress so much on their past that they present you know they talk of back when i was not a believer i was doing this i was beating up. now i am in jesus now i am in church and i like jesus come and like you know suck the joy out of your life and you are like i have nothing to do now nothing exciting man life begins with the lord so you see when you are giving an equal thing a one one minute and you practice i make my people practice that's how we begin from seven people and we are 1200 people today because every week i said would you talk to two people do you first question i want to ask all our listeners do you love jesus if you're saying yes praise the lord if you're saying no praise the lord we'll see okay now i'm just saying if you are saying yes next question would you give 10 minutes for jesus in a week if i'm not asking too much in 10 minutes try to think about two people that you could meet who you can share your story within 3 minutes when you share what your life was without talk about your pain talk about your lostness talk about when you were in darkness how you found jesus means through a church or evangelistic meeting youth camp or you read a book or there are track could be various different things you know that happened the third thing 
that is where we go totally wrong now i'm a pastor i'm a deacon i'm a this no no when you be god people people don't care how much you know people want to know how much you care so when you are out there talk about your experiential walk with god how god speaks to you how god walks with you how you listen to him these kind of things intrigue people they don't know what to do because they have never experienced a living god who walks with them and that's the benefit that we have as the children of god we call him emmanuel god who's with us so it's it's just amazing you're getting me turned on here boss i'm started preaching sorry but let me come back to this <laughs> right i hope you guys are having fun when i just i just you know small engine small small engine just started talking like you know there's an impromptu thing so let's so so we come to this part you know where we are saying three three minute story keep 10 minutes in your hand if any church let's take your church brother preji yeah you have 60 people now you gave a challenge on this weekend could you give 10 minutes to jesus in one in one week If I'm asking too much, I'm sorry, but ten minutes, sir. So, two people when you speak to, if a church of sixty, let's say sixty people did not respond, let's say fifty people respond, we'll take a fifty arbitrary figure. Fifty people speak to two people. How many people would they have spoken to? Hundred people. In a in a month, they would have spoken to four hundred people. In a year, they would have spoken to four thousand eight hundred people. Now, in four thousand eight hundred people, you will say. What are you talking about? All of them come to Jesus? No way! When you get four thousand eight hundred people you've spoken to, fifty percent take out. So twenty four hundred people are going to get angry. They may swear at you. They may say, "Get out of my face!" Fifty percent people gone. You're left with twenty four hundred people. After twenty four hundred people, take out fifty percent again. Those people who are telling you it's good for you may not be good for me. They walk away. so another 50% gone so there's 1200 people mm. out of 1200 people mm. again the less people say can you tell me more mm. they listen to you and they are gone mm. again take out 50% people mm. 600 people will be remain 600 people will come to one of your activities sometime or the other where you do out of your church building do a uh, seekers stuff there they'll come mm. out of that 50% will leave again so 300 people remain back who come to one of your services after your service they will decide it's not for me they will go out again 50% take out 150 people will join you this year so 60 has already doubled if 50 people decided without anything to give 10 minutes every week to the lord i have seen this in practice not here all across the globe in places like europe where people don't abuse you for speaking about the lord in america every time we hear from america what happens they do it here this is change what we have seen here in india now they are practicing there what they have seen here they are practicing in greece in england in scotland in wales and in all of these in romania in bulgaria and ukraine i tell you this is just mind blowing why am i telling you something new absolutely no it's all there boss it is there in the book of acts we always teach it we never do it it's called radical obedience i learned this from our people in pakistan our brothers who do he say you know what how we learn when you all he'll hear something you'll first analyze it learn more go deeper we hear it we do it it's radical obedience that's it and we learn from doing it so that's what happened 
So try this. It's a very simple thing. I've tried it. It's still bearing fruit this year. Now, if 150 people join you, how did they ever come to the Lord? They came through stories. So next year when you say, how many of you want to share your story? Who will say? They will say, they will say, I want to be a part of that. And just imagine 100, 150 people start sharing their story. What's going to happen? You cannot imagine. You cannot begin to imagine. And then what happens? When these people come, somebody's talking to them, sitting with them. And you know, most of that stuff cannot be done on Sunday. But Sunday is a celebration point. When disciples first started, apostles first said, they met daily. They met everywhere, market, homes, home to home in the temple. Everywhere they met. Everywhere you can discuss, everywhere you can grow. And that is the whole concept. Where church is every day. Monday, Tuesday. Somebody asked me, when is your church? I said, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So what do you do on Sunday? I said, Sunday we celebrate. Everybody comes together and they testify what God is doing. They are there. They enjoy each other. They worship with each other. And they love each other up. And that's what the church And when people, new people come and see people loving each other the way they've never seen. My goodness, you've already triggered a discipleship. Because how? what does a disciple do? A disciple is a guy who says, teach me what you know. I don't have what you have. So if there's somebody who's looking at you and saying, I don't have what you have, he is your prospective disciple. Let's go with him. Don't make him sit down for an hour and do a course. Meet him for tea every every two days. That would be desirable. Give him one seed at a time. I rather I rather have you give one seed in a week rather than you you unloading unloading fifty GB worth you know material on that guy and thinking wow what have I done actually you've confused him <laughs> so disciples you get a picture of what that is. That's that's really amazing. I, I I liked what you said earlier about uh, how instead of bringing people to the church, we ha- the church has to go to where they are and and minister to them. That's that's what discipleship is about. When we go out and when we doesn't matter where we are meeting Monday to Saturday, doesn't matter how we are meeting if it doesn't look like church, but that is real church. That is where people are being discipled and trained. But the church really multiplies with disciples does not multiply with just because they see there's a three rank in the church if you make a if you make a I wish I could do it but there's a ladder you see it's look at your picture ladder you have you have those things down there steps down then only you go on the top what happens in a couple of churches if you're not careful there are three three levels first is come and see Jesus says seen is three hundred three years three and a half years of discipleship the first 18 months you know what he did he just said come and see in the first 18 months, he did only two miracles. He was just hanging out with them, going to marriages, doing that. Only after 18 months, he said, follow me. I used to think he said straight after baptism. No, sir. After after baptism, 18 months, he hung out. Jewish people were very smart people. You don't go to them, tell them, come around and they will go out. They were some of the smartest people in the world. They were not going to do all of that stuff. After 18 months, Jesus said, follow me. Follow me is the next level in the church where the priorities of Jesus become your priority. When the character of Jesus becomes your character, that means following. Sometimes we don't define that. You know, the whole, the whole passage of discipleship starts from there. When you're imitating your Lord, if you're not doing that, then you're not a disciple. Really. 
So that whole thing, the follow me concept, where people in the church are, and you know, you need a coach for almost every level. And then the ultimate thing in the church, people think ultimate church guy is evangelism. The guy who's bringing hundreds of people. No, 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 sir. The ultimate thing in the church is abide in me. That we can do nothing without him. That we abide him. We go to John and he's talking about the wine. And he had, there's a whole chapter about that. As a real, real abiding, real growing in him. It's just mind-blowing. It's just mind-blowing. So these are the three sections. And people, it's like a ladder. You come to the first two steps. Most of the churches are geared up for come and see. Evangelism, this, that, lights, fights, and programs and all. The programs bring people. Come and see, come and see. People come. First few steps, after that, no, no steps. Can't go up. Only the two bamboos. How will you go up? Or some people into high level teaching. There's no front steps. No come and see. Straight follow me. The people are coming down and seeing how to go there. <laughs> so it's important that we need, to, we need to have a structure of what we are doing. And then you see, discipleship is an everyday thing. Discipleship is an everyday thing. And let me tell you, pastor, and all the pastors are living. God didn't entrust you to do disciple people. <laughs> a lot of pastors are called to mentor disciples. And disciples will bring disciples. You just mentor. Get, get them proper food for them to carry it on to the people. I don't know what you're doing, but you know, in our groups, we would do a uh, chronological study or some stories. And all our, because when we give simple stories, my church people say, wow, I can do this. And that's our victory. And everybody says, I, I can do this. They're not no more clapping. I know it will take away a little, uh, you know, our fan club as pastors, you know, we are very infatuated with ourselves kind of stuff that may take away that position. But you, then you'll see everybody in the church is moving and they're doing something. So in our group, every time they go out of church, they ask three questions. In the light of what we have heard this morning, how will I obey? That means personal growth. Who will I share with? That is evangelism. My story. Thirdly, who will I teach this to? Who am I discipling? Sometimes you never know. You know, some people are non-Christian. They're not in church. They're not believers. But they don't know that they're already being discipled by you. When you're sharing God's love, God's hope, they're already being discipled. They're already hearing it. And suddenly, the light will come on. Because the word of God, he says, my word will go forth and not return unto me void. It will accomplish what I want it to accomplish. I have no regard for my word. But I am... 150% confident on God's word because he will turn them around take away their sleep shake their foundation I don't whatever needs to be done will be done and they will be drawn to the word and if you do that my goodness you cannot even imagine that God has already started a multiplication movement even you not knowing that's amazing. Thank you so much, Pastor Ben. Even be before I asked you some of the questions that I had written down, you already answered them. Praise, praise God for that. And uh, Pastor, would you suggest any resources, any books uh, to our, especially our pastors and leaders who could probably read and you know uh, and grow in this particular area specifically? So we can anything that has inspired you or that you have written or anybody else you know have written um, that could inspire in this area. 
we use a particular material if people are interested okay. i can pass that on to you as an online it's a very simple thing sure. so i believe in simplicity because you're dealing with ordinary people give them something simple to do it's a whole setting of how to do this uh, if you would be interested mm-hmm. i can send it out to you and people who are uh, sure. personally asking you this can get can get yeah. a thing and of course you get uh, try reading different books i've seen you know couple of amazing resources out there in terms not that it will teach you how to disciple discipling is on a whole thing but it gives you a, a little more in depth thing to teach your people i think most as pastors and as me being a pastor i one of the one of the most important things i like to do in a week is to meet with my home leaders start on groups and meet with them concentrate on them mentor them coaching coaching them it's an important part we never realize that pastors preaching with 15% of your ministry coaching is almost 70% view a pastor who you see a good successful pastor and a guy who's doing really he's a good coach that's why his people are working because one guy cannot do you may die you may work yourself out and have a burnout situation but if you coach you'll enjoy yourself I meet pastors and they're crying and they're weeping as they build a church. Boss, seeing lost coming to the Lord is a matter of joy. Take it easy. Have a sense of humor. Just chill at some points. But meet with your people. Enjoy yourself. Some days when our people come, we just laugh. Joke with each other. They go back and why? Because the important thing that they realize, I'm a part of this group. I am learning. I'm going to go out and practice. I'm going to go out. I have a group of people who I need to teach. And as they keep on doing that, small and small groups. Mm. Try most of your groups. If you really want to if you really want to become big, become small. The way to go is to be small to be. So th- when I when God challenged me, would you want a big church or you want a church of small churches? I suddenly light bulb came out. I want a church of small churches. Because that grows almost every day in our setting. So your church is growing on a daily basis while the pastor is sleeping somebody is coming and getting saved somebody is coming out and saying i want to come and be a part of this you have no idea when you start the multiplication when what is happening the spirit is in control very early in my ministry it's very importantly i felt the lord was telling ben do you want to be control of your ministry or do i take control <laughs> understood lord your work your thing and sometimes i would preach and nothing is happening and i would just be so disturbed i don't know if you guys ever had this situation or oh, i'm the only sinner who is in the church but i think i'm preaching nothing is happening i couldn't i said god i'm not going to say this because people are not responding one day you know we're praying and you know god has an amazing sense of humor said man you're preaching about me i came to die for them left my throne in heaven came down died mm. a sinner's death rose again for them coming back for them mm. all of this all that you said is about me mm. and you are having an ego problem mm. <laughs> <laughs> i like suddenly hello okay so lord sorry <laughs> i'm talking about you and i'm putting my respect and i like i said god i'm sorry about that so it is it's just it's just crazy to think about this so that's why it's simple 
keep it simple your people be there and let ordinary people try it if they try it and they start seeing fruit you have no idea where it is going to go so thank you thank you thank you so much pastor ben for coming on this podcast i know this is impromptu and we went prepared for this but still thank you for giving me your time and and doing this podcast if you are blessed make sure to share it with other leaders and other church people who could who could be blessed by what pastor ben is sharing in fact if you want a resource material do write to us you can just uh, you can just email me or you can just text us uh, however you can reach us just write to us when we will make sure that the resource material is uh, personally made available to you god bless you have a great weekend ahead thank you so much for listening we hope you were blessed and encouraged with these words for more information or to connect with us please visit pastorpriji.com